I'ma give up Anything you ask, got to live up Bending backwards, building your dreams Hoping that you would love me, it seems Chins wa chins wa, chakai pa Ya ya i, ya tonetsa Rera in wa, ne mukata Ino fuma yo kuruma United, whoever you are, wherever and whenever you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Disa, as ever with Yazzie, and we're just a blur couple, navigating our way through all these geek fandoms and uniting them for your consumption. I know it's become kind of routine for us, but I actually have nothing to rant about today. So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do something really unusual and jump right into the news. One of the major about turns by any film studio I can remember, Disney promised recently through their president Bob Iger that they would be focusing more on television when it comes to Star Wars. Um, It appears as though Disney are absolutely keeping to that promise and trying to stay focused on television. Diego Luna, who was last seen in the Star Wars universe far, far away uh, in Rogue One, Announced through his official Twitter account and confirmed by Lucasfilm's various Star Wars pages on the internet that a Rogue One TV series is underway. It is under works and Diego Luna will be showing up on this show. Um, The show is to debut on Disney's uh, newly named Disney Plus, very original Disney, kudos to you. Uh, a new streaming service that centers around all of Disney's major content, including Star Wars, probably Indiana Jones, uh, as well as Marvel, obviously, and various other Marvel projects. And of course, there are a litany of other things, and Pixar. Um, Star Wars properties like The Mandalorian, done by Jon Favreau, are going to show up on it. Apparently, the show is going to center around, um, when I say the show, I mean the new Rogue One, or should we call it Rogue Point Five? I'm not sure. We'll figure that one out. Um, the show is set to center around the early days of the Rebellion, which, which I'm a little confused by because I thought that we kind of already did that on another show called Star Wars Rebels. I don't know how they're going to differentiate themselves from Rebels in this. Maybe they're going to have some sort of crossover potential who knows but they're not it doesn't seem like it's too different and right now from rebels um it's unclear so far who else is going to show up on the show i wouldn't bet any money at all on, on having Jin orso show up on the show uh, but you could see some droids and maybe some major members of the uh, Rebel Alliance can show up and provide their acting chops and backing to this show. It's kind of an exciting project, but I have questions about doing prequels to prequels, which are sequels of prequels to major sequels and things like that. I have major issues with that. It could be exciting. I don't know. Uh, there's lots of crossover potential, as we just mentioned, with the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels crew, the animated series. Um, this could be a great opportunity to cast characters in that, 
it was, of course, mentioned in that show that uh, Ahsoka Tano, formerly the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, who later became a certain... Darth Vader, um, is, was one of the major components of the early days of the Rebellion. In fact, she even had a call sign. I can't remember that call sign right now, but she was a major member of that. I'm curious how it is. You guys tell me what you think. So, Dwayne Johnson's action comedy, Red Notice, has been pushed back a couple months. Its original release date was the 12th of June 2020, and is now being moved to the 13th of June 2020. Now, if you don't know, um, it is an original concept from Rawson Marshall Thurber, who did Central Intelligence that um, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart were in. And so he's going to be directing the movie as well. There's no like actual plot to, well, no information really to what the plot is actually going to be. But on a very basic level, it's been described as a glow-trotting action comedy heist thriller designed as a third-hander between Johnson, um, Gal Gadot, and another male um, star who hasn't been named yet. Now, speculation is that the reason it's been pushed back to November is because Wonder Woman 1984 has also been pushed back, but it's been moved to the same month, June of 2020. Like, it's, it's no, it hasn't been, like, confirmed, but that's what I and other people have been thinking, that because of her situation, they're being forced to move, because she's starring in the movie as well, alongside Dwayne um, Johnson. I mean, I'm not mad at that. It's just a little frustrating seeing as you guys know I'm not a huge Galgador fan. Like I like her, she's pretty, whatnot, but I still believe uh, that she is rather overrated as an actress right now in terms of how she's being perceived in people's eyes. Now, I'm wondering about this movie because Dwayne Johnson is known to do a lot of these sort of buddy cop kind of movies where he's showing his strength and, and, and being a savior to someone. And from the basic description of what this plot is going to be, it seems like he's doing the exact same thing that he's always doing. And I am getting tired of seeing him in the same role. I want to see him do more. I'm, I'm hopeful that he can do more. I think it's time for him to get out of this routine and do something a little different to what we've seen from him. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch the movie, that's for sure. But I would like to see more from him. 
it will be a refreshing take from Gal Gadot, I believe, because in an action comedy, I wonder how she does with comedic timing, because I don't think she got too much in Wonder Woman or in Justice League. I think this would be a great time to really see how her comedic take really flows. News came in earlier this week that the cast of the upcoming 2020 epic Godzilla vs. Kong, obviously not to be confused in terms of its titling with Batman v Superman. I do not believe that there's only going to there's ever going to be any sort of um, nonsense about Godzilla putting Kong on trial for his crimes or Kong putting Godzilla. I mean, that, that said, it is going to follow after Godzilla King of the Monsters that's coming out next year. So, you know, anything's possible at this at this point. Um, Jessica Fenwick is the one who is be, has been cast in an unspecified role in the 2020 epic. She joins Denai Gurira, Alexander Skarsgård, Zhang Ziyi, Millie Bobby Brown, Kyle Chandler in the, in the movie, um, with Adam Wingard set to direct. I just want to read you a quote here from Adam Wingard about this movie. He said, I really want you to take the characters seriously. I want you to be emotionally invested not just in the human characters, but actually in the monsters. Now, I know that a lot of people had some sort of issues with King Kong, the either version that have recently come out, either the Peter Jackson version or the later version that came out. People had some sort of issues with them. I don't get the issues. I love both those movies. I did prefer the Peter Jackson effort because I just felt like Kong was better acted in that movie. And I understood his, I understood his motivation a lot better. It was much clearer. It felt it had very silent movie sort of feel. Um, so I enjoyed that more. And I hope that they bring some of that feeling to it. Because um, you know I do like a good monster movie. Who doesn't like a good monster movie? Who doesn't like seeing big shit fucking up big shit? It's kind of why I enjoyed watching Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Two. They're not world-class movies. These movies are never going to win awards uh, like Oscars and what have you for their acting ability and their ability to change the face of the human spirit. No, that's not what these things are about. This is about CGI big shit fucking up CGI big shit. And we, us, get to watch it in a masturbatory fashion on screen. Um, look, Jessica Henwick, um, I kind of have kind of buried the lead on this, but Jessica Henwick is obviously the English actress is the sorry is the English actress who played Nymeria Sand in Game of Thrones, Jessica Pava in The Force Awakens. She was one of the pilots who attacked the base, but you probably know her more as Colleen Wing from the recently cancelled Iron Fist and Luke Cage efforts. Um, it's great to see the casts of those shows getting some work because I still believe in their acting ability. I, I don't think that they're bad actors. I just think that they were put in bad situations by some pretty shitty writing choices that were made over there. And sometimes, you know, actors are just hostage to the decisions of the people who are making the show, and they have no way of really changing anything as it is. Plus, you know, when you're as unknown or relatively unknown as these people are, like 
Jessica Henwick over here. I mean, she's not, she's known in Britain, but in America, she's relative, she was relatively unknown. Even though she was in these well-known American shows, I didn't know who she was, really, until I saw her on Iron Fist. I'm sure most of you are kind of like that as well. But, you know, it is promising to see her getting work. Uh, she has obviously no lack of experience in a big budget movie, so I'm hoping she gets a very prominent role. And um, from a personal point of view, getting to see two beautiful women like her and Denai Guerrero on screen is, um, well, it's going to be pleasant for me. Anyway, what do you guys think? Uh, tell us your thoughts on what you think Jessica Henwick's going to be doing with it, how you think the movie's going to turn out. I would love to hear your views. Do you guys remember me telling you about how Netflix was gonna get sued or was about to get sued by the Satanic Temple? Well, guess what? It is actually happening. Netflix is actually being sued by the Satanic Temple's co-founder Lucian Greaves over a statue that was used in The Chilling Tales of Sabrina that apparently the Satanic um, Temple has copyrights to. And this statue is of, um, what's his name? Baphomet? I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. My apologies if if I'm not. So it appears that he's actually going through with this. And he's officially filed a suit for 150 million dollars guys 150 million dollars this is insane i didn't honestly think this was gonna happen i thought it was just like yeah no i want to complain 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 and never actually do anything so the general three things or three grounds that um, Lucius Grease is suing on is copyright infringement, trademark violation, and injury to business reputation. Each of those claims are worth 50 million, which brings up the total, total of 150 million. It's, it's actually a big deal because I think, to my knowledge, it's the first time a religious group entities sued like this at least to my knowledge I may be completely wrong but this is this is big and not just that but it's on the basis of trademark and copyright infringements which as you know in America that's a small matter that's a huge thing and if if they win, I wonder what kind of doors that's going to open for a lot of other religious entities. It's it's interesting. I, I wonder what Netflix is going to do now with this. Like, are they going to just settle it out of court? Are they going to actually take it to court? What are they going to do? Because we all know Netflix has the money to just be like, you know what? Here's hush money. Keep quiet. Go sit in your corner. excited for this one i'm gonna be following this pretty closely to be honest and i hope you guys will be following with along with me news came in earlier this week that the cast of the upcoming 
2020 epic Godzilla versus Kong, obviously not to be confused in terms of his titling with Batman v Superman. I do not believe that there's only going to there's ever going to be any sort of um, nonsense about Godzilla putting Kong on trial for his crimes or Kong putting Godzilla. I mean, that that said, it is going to follow after Godzilla King of the Monsters that's coming out next year. So, you know, anything's possible at this at this point. Um, Jessica Fenwick is the one who is be, has been cast in an unspecified role in the 2020 epic. She joins Denai Gurira, Alexander Skarsgård, Zhang Ziyi, Millie Bobby Brown, Kyle Chandler in the, in the movie, um, with Adam Wingard set to direct. I just want to read you a quote here from Adam Wingard about this movie. He said, I really want you to take the characters seriously. I want you to be emotionally invested, not just in the human characters, but actually in the monsters. Now, I know that a lot of people had some sort of issues with King Kong, the either version that have recently come out, either the Peter Jackson version or the later version that came out. People had some sort of issues with them. I don't get the issues. I love both those movies. I did prefer the Peter Jackson effort because I just felt like Kong was better acted in that movie, and I understood his, I understood his motivation a lot better. It was much clearer. It felt it had very silent movie sort of feel, um, so I enjoyed that more. And I hope that they bring some of that feeling to it, because um, you know I do like a good monster movie. Who doesn't like a good monster movie? Who doesn't like seeing big shit fucking up big shit? It's kind of why I enjoyed watching Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim 2. They're not world-class movies. These movies are never going to win awards uh, like Oscars and what have you for their acting ability and their ability to change the face of the human spirit. No, that's not what these things are about. This is about CGI big shit fucking up CGI big shit. And we us get to watch it in a masturbatory fashion on screen. Um, look, Jessica Henwick, um, I kind of have kind of buried the lead on this, but Jessica Henwick is obviously the English actress, is the, sorry, is the English actress who played Nymeria Sand in Game of Thrones, Jessica Pava in The Force Awakens, she was one of the pilots who attacked the base, but you probably know her more as Colleen Wing from the recently cancelled Iron Fist and Luke Cage efforts. Um, it's great to see the casts of those shows getting some work because I still believe in their acting ability. I, I don't think that they're bad actors, I just think that they were put in bad situations by some pretty shitty writing choices that were made over there. And sometimes, you know, actors are just hostage to the decisions of the people who are making the show and they have no way of really changing anything. As it goes. Plus, you know, when you're as unknown or relatively unknown as these people are, like Jessica Henwick over here, I mean, she's not, she's known in Britain, but in America, she's relative, she was relatively unknown. Even though she was in these well-known American shows, I didn't know who she was really until I saw her on Iron Fist. I'm sure most of you are kind of like that as well. But, you know, it is promising to see her getting work. Uh, she has obviously no lack of experience in a big budget movie so i'm hoping she gets a very prominent role and um from a personal point of view getting to see two beautiful women like her and deny guerrero on screen is um well it's going to be pleasant for me. anyway what do you guys think 
Uh, tell us your thoughts on what you think Jessica Henrik's going to be doing with it, how you think the movie's going to turn out. I would love to hear your views. Okay, so this week's hot review. Oh my gosh, this is actually a movie that I've been uh, dying to see for a little bit. It came out uh, not not a crazy long time ago. I, I, I think it came out for October for Halloween, and rightly so. But the movie in question is, of course, Constantine City of Demons. Okay. I don't want to waste your time with this movie, look, but I will tell you, Constantine is one of my favorite characters, um, but little admission here, I've actually never read a single comic of Constantine, I never have, I've never read a single bloody comic, in fact, up until they did a TV show, you know that, that TV show that only got one season with Matt Ryan? Up until then, I'd actually, I actually didn't know that he actually was a comic book character. I just thought there was a movie done by Keanu Reeves a while ago that, um, that just, you know, for whatever reason, didn't get a sequel even though everybody loved it. Maybe it's because Rachel Weisz had an American accent and I always hated her accent. I don't know. Anyway, let's get right into it. So what is Constantine City of Demons about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Constantine's uh, City of... I'm sorry, I gotta start over. Um, Constantine City of Demons centers around uh, John Constantine, obviously the titular, 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 titular. It sounds weird now, I've said it way too many times. It centers around the titular character Constantine's well-storied adventure in Newcastle. Now, if you if you watch the TV show or you read the comics, certainly, um, or just see the car, watch the cartoons, the the animated feature-length movies from DC, you'll know that they keep mentioning Newcastle. This thing that happened in Newcastle that is seems to be John's. John's biggest regret and has always felt like where he he lost his faith not just in not just in his profession but in himself and it's what taught him to that he needs to distance himself from people and be less emotionally entangled within the realms of this, this profession that he decided to make his life's quest and you know in magic and things like that um, it follows the story that uh, something happens to John at the start of it and um, a friend of his shows up and he doesn't realize that the two things are linked you'll find out later that they are linked but uh, his friend Chad's is 
he has a kid and the kid has some sort of coma and this is when the story starts and you find out that this is linked to Constantine's Newcastle adventure. We dive right into it, we find out what it was and we find out how and why John Constantine is the person he is today. How he became the foul-mouthed talking hero that he is. Okay, let's talk about the writing for a second because this is very different to other DC animated shows. Look, it feels very authentic. It, you, you know, when I say very authentic, I mean they cuss, man. I mean, there's a lot of, they drop the F-bomb, they say shit, they say fuck, they, I mean everything but the C word, obviously. It is still an animated show. Um, but Constantine is English and he is written to be so. Um, you will remember that in the, in the Keanu Reeves effort from a few years ago, from a long time ago, actually, I should probably do that for a retro review. What do you think? Yeah, actually, a retro review of Constantine, the original, would be nice. Um, Constantine was, in that one, was actually, a, they never specified where he was from, but Keanu Reeves has never been that great at accents, so it was hard to believe that he was English. Um, they even had chained Chaz to be done by Shia LaBeouf at the time. So, yeah, it, 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 that he wasn't English then. He wasn't English. But now he is um, played by Matt Ryan. And he's written to be so. Now look, I'm not going to try and generalize here, but I've always found that Brits are more willing to throw in curse words and not be offended by them than Americans are. In my view, people, British people, I, I have several British friends, I have several American friends. I just find that they are more willing to just drop an F-bomb in there, say, you know, this fucking this and this shit, what the shit is this and what are you shitting me and whatnot and like, what the fuck is that? And there's just less offense, they're less shocked by foul language. And this show, this movie, re re reflects that. The writing is dense, it is... It, it, it conveys a lot of feeling. Um, there is supposed to be some sort of, uh, you know, twist, but you kind of see it coming, so it's not really that clever, but I don't think that cleverness is really the point of this in terms of writing style. It needs to be, it, it needed to be emotionally dense, emotionally dense, not, this wasn't a masturbatory effort for the writer to show off his skills as a writer and you know do do an M Night Shyamalan sort of like twist in this. That's not what we needed from this movie. We just needed to tell the story of Newcastle as honestly as possible, and they got that through. Um, if you are offended by cursing, you know it can be a bit jarring at first, but then you get used to it. Um, let's talk about the voice acting. Okay, Matt Ryan, as we know. Uh, played Constantine in the ill-fated one season of Constantine the TV show. He showed up now on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I think he's kind of a recurring character or he permanently joined the cast. I don't know. I refuse to watch that show. I love, I love Matt Ryan. I love him. I love the work he did with Constantine, the work he does with Constantine. And I love the work he did with on Arrow when he was on that. I wish he could have we could get a Constantine show again because we need that man. I I, I need that show. I I, I love it. Um, 
I gotta be honest with you, Matt Ryan was excellent in this. His voice acting, it feels like he's he was really at home in this. He's really come to find himself at home with this character and it feels like it's hard to tell the difference between him and the character now. Maybe it's because I couldn't see him, but I can't see anybody else voicing Constantine at this point. You know, he, he, he maybe it's because he wasn't hamstrung by the language, but this may very well be his best turn as John Constantine. Um, there's a little, in fact, he shows off some of his voice acting skills when he plays a bunch of little Johns little John Constantines uh, that are his inner demons that follow him around and try to actually kill him. Um, and it was actually kind of a funny, sweet scene. Um, I gotta say the acting of the other cast members, they really bounced off him very well. Um, they were supposed to because I, I can't remember a single scene in this that Constantine didn't show up in. Um, so every single scene they had to work off of John and I'm sorry I had to work off of Matt sorry you see I'm I'm confused I can't tell the difference between the two um, they had to bounce off of him and they did a really good job they did a really good job in doing so um, let's talk directing um, Doug Murphy who I don't actually know very well for on, on his shows I, I didn't go to his Wikipedia page um, <laughs> um, Doug Murphy really went for a dark, gritty world, but it never, he did a great job of making sure that it never felt like it was a one-note sort of world. Um, it's partly to do with the writing, but more so with how he decided to frame shots and how he decided to cut it all together that made that gave the, gave the movie several layers, in particular the demon world. Um, he paints a version of demon society that is that's, that's quite vivid and relatable, actually, which was frightening because it was frightening but actually completely understandable. He paints the demon world as a as, as a as a dark mockery of our own. Demons have thoughts, they have feelings, they have they have concerns, they, they, they feel ignored, and they feel angry, and you understand that. You understand it. Uh, there's a whole bit there where this one demon is like, please don't kill me, and all that stuff, and he's not even a demon, he's a god, and whatnot. And, and, but they paint this multi-layered universe of demon society that I, I had never seen before on, in any of the work. And I think that the directing was a large part of that. I really, really enjoyed what Doug Murphy did with this movie. Um, all right, let's talk impact, all right? Look, this is as dark and as scary as any DC animated show has ever attempted to go. I, I'm not even shitting you here, man. Like, this movie is, this is not for kids. Do not watch this with your kids. There are points where, you know, where I literally it started to make my stomach turn, you know, like like bodies, Olympic swimming pools filled with bodies and there's so much blood. There's just so much blood and it makes you realize what demons hunger for and what they eat and they eat us. And it is, there, there are points where you just, 
You know, you, you, it almost feels gratuitous, you know, but then it's supposed to be hell and demons and, you know, it's supposed to be stomach turning and weird and, and off-putting. So seriously, don't watch this with your with your with your seven year old kid. You will give them nightmares. And it was executed really well. If you're an adult, um, I loved every single moment of how they how they really use the dialogue. They use the animation style, and they, with some really clever cuts and edits, they really created a really interesting tone to that darkness. Um, man, it, it's 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 not for kids. I got, I cannot say that enough. Anyway, let's talk about how this ends. Look, if you've ever watched anything to do with Constantine, you know that this isn't going to be a happy-go-lucky, right off into the sunset sort of ending for the show. For him, it's bittersweet. It's, uh, his life seems to be bittersweet, more bitter than sweet, to be honest. He gets like a spoonful of sugar and, and a goddamn barrel full of medicine. You know, that's what John's life is like. He says in the show that all this power, all this magic, magic always has a price and it, it will be paid. And that theme is brought through clearly at the end. Um, you, he's left in a, in a, in a truly bad place and well, not a bad place. I mean, he, he wins, but he wins and loses everything. And you feel like, God, man, like, did he, did, did he deserve that? Anyway, I don't think he did, but you know, yeah, but he beats himself up about it. And I wish he'd find another way of winning. I wish he'd Kobayashi Maru this, you know? Because his life seems like a Kobayashi Maru. This, this never, this no-win scenario, you know, that he just keeps on going through. And it, it hurts my feelings watching John fail and fail and fail while succeeding. He wins, but he keeps on failing at everything else that makes that'll possibly give him some sort of happiness. And you wonder about his, how anybody can maintain sanity in a world full when you're surrounded by demons all the time. You are disconnected from your friends and you disconnect yourself purposely from your friends, you have no romantic entanglements, and, um, but you're the only thing that keeps humanity safe from the other side. It's, it's, it's a hell of an ending, and I gotta say, I wasn't ready for it. I, I knew it was coming, but I still wasn't ready for it. But all in, all right, let's, let's get to the conclusion. What did I think of the of the complete package. Ooh, sorry, that was my ice jingling. It this movie was as good in a different way, obviously, to Death of Superman, which is probably my favorite DC animated show to date. I think Death of Death of Superman is still my favorite. Because I can't remember, I can't remember crying in another in any other animated show that I've that I've seen in years. Death of Superman really impacted me. I was not ready for how I felt at the end of that. But Constantine 
it did other things to me. It, it really turned my stomach. It made me feel uncomfortable. I had to pause at points. I wasn't. It, it was. It was very, very adult. I was not expecting it. I was not expecting it at all. Um, I think that the, the strength of this movie lies in the fact that the writers, the writer, the director, the producers, everyone involved in the project, and the actor really understood the character and respected the character and didn't want to make him something he's not. This is the most Constantine Constantine has ever been. And it shows. It really, really shows throughout the entire project. Um, I, I, I was falling in love with it from the start and right up until the end. It is just this, this, this wonderfully constructed story that makes you, makes your stomach want to turn. I mean, seriously, it really does. But it's, it's a wonderful ride. And I fully recommend any of you watch getting your hands on this movie. Um, my overall rating for the movie, I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. I gave Superman a 9 out of 10, mind you. I'm only giving an 8 out of 10 because I continue to think that, that the animated DC movies, they're going for a lot of movies coming out of you know, in a year, rather than making the animation, actual drawing style, more better. You know, they're not, it's, it's not, um, these aren't, these aren't Alex Ross panels. Um, if you don't know who Alex Ross is, Google him. Google some of his work. Just, just look for some of the images, single panels of Alex Ross painted style. It's, this isn't that. This is very standard, you know, animation or drawing that you'd find pretty much anywhere and they could go for a more artistic sort of more detailed let me not say artistic but more detailed look and that's kind of why I took points off but otherwise it's it's well worth it I recommend it I I want to pass it on to people that's how much I loved it um, if you have seen it you know tell me what you thought tell me what you thought tell me what you thought of my my rationale for loving it and tell me your favorite bits uh, you can Instagram us, obviously. We're going to be doing that. You can find us on all the channels, obviously, that you normally can. Um, so, yeah. Slide up into our DMs and tell us what you thought. Of Constantine, City of Demons. 8 out of 10. This is just another day in the life. Seven flight connectors. Pass through bill collectors. This is just another day in the life. More money, more problems. I ain't got money to solve them. This is just another day in the life. Getting mobbed by fans Man, nobody even knows who I am This is just another day in the life This is just another day in my life Everybody asking me, what you really like? Is this really life? Do you really fight? Do you fear the mic? When there's millions watching, are you super rich now? How much grip you copping? You the new kid, now you getting some shine When every vet's saying that it's not your time My hustle is non-stop and it's not your grind Plus I hear very clear, I'm not so blind Beef, I don't sweat it, sleep, I don't get it I remember your face, it's just your name, I forget it These days they melt together as one I got some plans to do shit that ain't never been done Take this game into battles that ain't never been won I ain't gonna walk through life, I think it's better to run And yeah, I'm eating right if you asking But the size of my wallet, that's reflection of passion This is just another day in the life Seven flight connectors 
Gas through bill collectors. This is just another day in the life. More money, more problems. I ain't got money to solve. Them. This is just another day in the life. Getting mobbed by fans. Man, nobody even knows who I am. This is just another day in the life. This is just another day in my life. Just another face in the crowd, so to speak. <laughs> my electric was cut off last week. No heat, no food, no money, no girls. And if life's my oyster, then I ain't found pearls. Making moves every day so the ends could meet. No gas money, so I use my legs and feet. Everybody I meet, man, they likely saw that I'd be in the same clothes from the night before. Shoes so old, you can call them retros. Man, I'm so damn broke, even my wallet echoes. I got a dollar and change, man. I'm under the gun. That fuck's the only thing. Keeping me from being a bum That's why I'm writing these words, man So I can get on So I can realize being poor was making me strong And the only reason I can't rub pennies together Is cause I carry big bills and genuine leather This is just another day in the life Seven flight connectors Pass through bill collectors This is just another day in the life More money, more problems I ain't got money to solve them. This is just another day in the life Getting mobbed by fans Man, nobody even knows who I am This is just another day in the life This is just another day in my life Shaking hands with some fans by the thousands My place so poor looks like public housing Getting the Porsche when I should've got the CL6 My ride broke down, I'm kinda between whips Face on the Xbox, you played the game lately? Man, I can't rent, I owe too much late fees Do I charter a jet or fly first class? Do I take a cab, bus seats hurt my ass? Pay my jeweler in cash, he don't take a check The chain I rock, leaves a green mark on my neck Do I get the fillet steak or the shrimp and crab mix? Do I get a number three or a number six? Get in the club VIP, man, they letting me slide Man, they bust me for dress code, I'm still outside Everybody wanna be down, but I ain't got no friends Man, nobody's around, I ain't got no friends This is just another day in the life Seven flight connectors Pass through bill collectors This is just another day in the life More money, more problems I ain't got money to solve them. This is just another day in the life Getting mobbed by fans Man, nobody even knows who I am This is just another day in the life this is just another day in my life. Hey, so sadly you've come to the end of the show. Did you enjoy it? Did you not like it? Would you like to ask us some questions? Or better yet, answer some of the questions we've already asked? Well, here are a few ways you can do that. You can tweet us on Twitter, at United. You could DM us on Instagram, at Blows United. Or you can contact us directly on our Facebook page and join our Facebook group. Or, if you get the Anchor app, you can even send us a voice note. How about that? Hope you enjoy your day. <laughs>